<laughs> yeah! Yeah! NBA Straya. How you going? That's right, it is NBA Straya. It is Tuesday, May 3rd. It's gonna be May. Happy May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. That's tomorrow, Jimmy. Uh, I'm your host, James Clements. I've still got COVID! But I'm feeling alright, so we're doing a show. Uh, that's right, it's NBA Australia giving you all the lowdown, all the ins and outs in the NBA while we're having Australia a bit. That's what we do. Playoffs. Aren't they fun? Well, I'll tell you what, they're fun. Unless you're a Philly fan and your coach is just a moron. Anyway, we're going to talk about that. The last two second round series started today. We had Philly, Miami, and then we had Dallas, Phoenix. Two big wins, too. Uh, so we've got those games coming to the NBA Australia Game Raps. We'll do a quick, that's not a knife. Oh, mate, no, mate. Spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. Got some year now. Up their opinion of the day. Now back, take us. Where we're serving up a flame girl take. There's also a uh, Australian player watch, finally, because uh, Greeny and Aussie Matty T to play today. And we'll do another Andrew Gay's Grey Mumbra World uh, because uh, had an outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. And we've got some game previews and picks for tomorrow's Two game twos, and what we might do as well is pick Thursday's games, because I don't know if we're going to do a show tomorrow. Just a heads up. We'll get into that in a sec. Right, right, let's get into it. Episode 808. Ooh, 808 and Heartbreaks. What's going on? Good record. Even though Kanye's a fucking lunatic. Anyway, 808. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, watch out for the Ernie attack, even if you're Chuck today. Everyone's dunking on Chuck for his uh, tie, <laughs> which is pretty funny. A, fashion faux pas. B, pretty funny tie. C, very good reaction. Right. Uh, better watch out for the COVID attack as well. We'll get into that right now because we're going to start today's show the way we start every show here at NBS with a daily whip around. Yeah, obviously, I've still got COVID. I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling fine. Just a bit wonky. That's like, you know, and obviously I'm a little bit nosely, as you can no doubt tell. Uh, the problem is old mate tested positive this morning as well. So, yeah, Larry Armour Studios is just it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> so the squid is uh, sort of stuck with us, and we're just kind of fingers crossed keeping our uh, distance. <laughs> just going, all right, how do we not get the kids sick? Uh, but it's all right. Like, I'm fine. The problem is that, yeah, old mate's been knocked a bit sideways by it, so I'll uh, keep on keeping on. That's why we probably won't do a show tomorrow. I'll give her a chance to uh, rest up pretty hardcore. Uh, and uh, I'll look after the squid all day. So we might not do a show tomorrow, but we'll do one on Thursdays to wrap up uh, both well, every series is game two. That sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? I'll probably feel better too. So uh, today's show will fang through everything and then get out of your ears and uh, speak to you again on Thursday, I reckon. Oh, tell you what, first thing off the bat, still pretty pissed I didn't get to go to the fucking Jack Jumpers United game last night. That looked like it was chaos. How good was that? Love a bit of NBL. Hashtag NBL straight up. Uh, wow, the Jack Jumpers. An expansion team making the grand final, but my God. It was such a uh, hammer drop of a game watching that with Shea Lee being the only dude on United who can do anything. And if you've watched United at any point during the season, you're kind of like, you know, he's pretty handy to have, but when you're relying on him, you've done fucked up. Dally, uh, King Dally, first of his name, Smasher of Tins, just could not hit a shot. No bubbles. Chris Goulding was a big blow for United, but the Jack Jumpers, just the system they run. And it felt like every time they had a shot, that mattered. They fucking hit it. So, congrats to Tazzy. What a world. I, I'm spewing I didn't get to go. I wanted to see the Jack Jumpers for the first time in person yesterday. I didn't get to go because I got the fucking Coco. And uh, i got to get down there next year for an actual game. Can't fucking wait. Anyway, so Sydney Tazzy. It's going to be awesome. Right. Actual NBA news today. Quinn Snyder is getting fucking hip replacement surgery. Did you see this? Unbelievable. It was scheduled for June. But he's like, well, we've been knocked out. What the fuck else am I going to do? Better get that hip replaced quickly so I can go coach the Lakers. Oh, jeez. Speaking of the Lakers and their coaching search, I enjoyed this today. Darvin Ham has been a name that's being mentioned and floated around. That's uh, Millie Walker, Bucks assistant Darvin Ham. 
Uh, my favourite part of the report was that Mark Jackson is now a long shot to get the gig. I'm going to talk about that again later because I love this story. <laughs> uh, long shot. Yeah, no shit. Uh, the Kings, though. Vivek Renadive is like, oh, jeez. I'm a bit impressed by this Mark Jackson fella. I don't know what it is about Mark Jackson and impressing vaguely new-ish NBA owners, but he did it to the Warriors. He's doing it to Sacramento. They should know better, but they can't help themselves. Like, wow, he's just such an inspiration. He's like, but did you listen to his words? Because they make no sense. It's like, nah, but he said hand down, man down. And then he said, mama, there goes that man. Yeah, but did you see what context in which they were set? Yeah, they meant nothing. What are we doing here? Anyway, uh, the Kings, uh, there's reports floating around that Steve Clifford, former Magic and uh, Charlotte coach, Mike Brown, former Cavs and Lakers coach, and Mark Jackson are the three candidates for the Kings job. Seriously, Steve Clifford, Mike Brown, and Mark Jackson. (laughs) Sacramento are the gift that keeps on giving. Wins to the rest of the league. Unbelievable. The craziest part is, in getting to that list, they uh, cut Mike D'Antoni, Darvinham, Will Hardy, and Charles Lee, who are uh, three assistant coaches at the moment. I love it. Like, Darvinham, they're like, oh, nah, look, if smart teams are looking to try to hire him and he just won a title, I don't think that's the guy for us. What are you doing, Sacramento? Love it. I absolutely love that the most dysfunctional franchise, the one that hasn't made the playoffs since 2007, will be like, you know what's going to fix this? Mark Jackson. A bloke who hasn't coached for eight years, and when he did, he fucking alienated everybody. Everybody hated him, and he sucked. Oh, no, look, uh, he really, really made that... He laid a defensive foundation for the Warriors, and anybody could have taken over that team because look at Luke Walton. He nearly set records. He could have gone unbeaten almost that year. Mark Jackson was just unlucky. (laughs) It's like, yeah, all right. Sure. Of course, look, I think there'd be at least uh, some credence to some of that. But at the same time, I think Mark Jackson just has like a bit of a lunatic uh, my way of the highway streak. And I don't think, look, he could be a good coach in the future. I just think if anybody had had any inkling that, yes, he could have been, he would have gotten one of these fucking 40 million jobs he's gone for. Seriously, every opening in the last, what, five, six, seven, eight years, it's like, oh, Mark Jackson. Names floated out. Everyone sat with him and gone, oh, I think he's a bit of a fucking psycho. Yeah, I'm out. So I'm just saying. Anyway, so best of luck with that. Uh, at this, Look, we have seen coaches get better in second and third stints, sure. Look, look fucking D- Jason Kidd right now, obviously. Bulldenhoser right now. Like, the way he won the title was actually making, you know, changes, which is something he didn't really do. Uh, But either way, I don't know. The Mark Jackson thing just strikes me as fucking hilarious. Mark is smart. It's questionable for tomorrow's game. Uh, His right quad contusion then took two shots to the quad on back-to-back plays in that game yesterday as well. So, tough scene there for Mark is smart. All right. But with all that in mind, let's go do some game wraps. Game wraps, game wraps, game wraps. Game wraps. All right, let's do it. Game wraps. All right, so game one of the second round series between Miami and Philly. Philly going to Miami and Doc started DJ. DeAndre Jordan is like, nah, 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 man. I'm going to start DeAndre. He we all trust him. The Heat won 106 <laughs> It was crazy. The Heat could not miss. They jumped out to a big lead early, and then, hilariously enough, Doc brought in uh, basketball Paul Paul Reed. They went to a zone, stopped the bleeding out of nowhere. They rip off an 11-zipper on. They get right back into it. Uh, but they still left the first quarter down eight, and you're, like, watching this going, what are they going to do, the Sixers? Oh, no, we need to have a big guy in the middle. Would we just feel better about having a big role guy? All right, cool. They throw Paul Millsap out there to start the second quarter because apparently Doc just likes cooked big dudes more than I like cold, frosty beers, which is fucking heaps. Uh, Maxie Harris trying to keep the Sixers in it, but 
the thing was in that second quarter, there goes my hero. And Wigdor or Adipo, Caleb Martin, they got the lead back up to 10. The weirdest part was the Sixers fought back. They did. So as soon as they went small, Harden finally hit some shots. So he's looking a little bit more spry. Tobias Harris was attacking. He had like 14 in the first half. Maxi was using his speed to get the couples. An 8-2 run. Boom. One point heat lead out of nowhere. And you're like, hang on. And then the Sixers are leading. Harden gets a sweet bucket because the Heat didn't score. They scored like two points over the last five minutes of the uh, second quarter. And uh, it was the turnovers that killed the Heat's momentum time and time again. They had 10 in the first half. But the thing is, they settled in in the third quarter and went right. So if they're going to throw some zone at us, let's throw some zone at them. And the Sixers are like, well, we know one way to bust a zone. Oh, no, wait. What do we do? Shit, 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 shit. Tobias Harris, just shoot. Uh, and the craziest part was... The Heat just got a million offensive rebounds, a million second chance points, and they were basically like, right, this is how you wrest control of a game away and run away with it. And that's what happened. They had an eight-point lead going to the fourth. They got out to 13 after Tyler Hero hit a three, but Maxi answers. And then you go, wait a minute. That's only their fifth made three of the game, the Sixers. Holy shit. And this, the Heat, they just sort of rolled from there. They got more second chance points. There was a nice drop-off to Bam in there. They got them... Up 16. It was like the biggest lead of the game. And then, boom, after a timeout, Doc was so disgusted with a couple of sixes fuckabouts. <laughs> like a turnover, a sort of bad pass. And you're like, oh, shit. Tyler Hero hits another three. Doc calls another timeout. He's like, all right, that's enough of that. 19 points. This was it. The sixes then had a moment, like for about two minutes after that, they just got lazy and they looked tired. Uh, George Niang got burnt on the perimeter by Maxi Struess, and that was about all. Uh, like, they were just lazy shots, unwilling to work against his heat defense in the second half. Um, and it just turned into three after three after three, trying to make up the difference. And guess what happens when you do that? You don't hit them. <laughs> they were two of 15 in the fourth quarter at that point, uh, and nothing went down, and they just obviously end up losing by 14 in the end. And... There was kind of these moments where the heat, like, what, Jimmy Butler would hit a big sort of turnaround bucket. Bam just was scoring at will, it felt like, and away we go. So the Sixers went 6 of 34 from downtown. It's the worst three-point percentage in, like, playoff history. (laughs) When they've shot at least 30. That is absolutely crazy. They've shot 33s. It's the worst percentage that they've hit ever. 17%. Uh, the 14 turnovers didn't help as well. Like, less than half of their baskets were assisted for the Sixers, and that's what it felt like, right? As soon as the Heat sort of kicked in that zone again, uh, Tobias Harris was fine because he's like, you know what I'm really good at? ISO scoring. What else? Not much. Uh, 27 for Tobias. 1 of 4 from downtown, though. 19 for Maxi. 1 of 6 from downtown, though. Harden. 2 of 7 from downtown for his 16 points. He shot 5 of 13. Just got put in the hurt locker, it felt like. 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 turnovers. Danny, not the box of green. 1 of 5 from downtown. So there you go. You got three starters right there between Harris, Maxi, and uh, Danny Green, all only hitting one three each uh, for a combined 3 of 15. And then James Harden goes 2 of 7. Yeesh. The tough part was, though, they also got fuck all from the bench. So while... The Heat could look, rely on Tyler Hero. Speak like he just kicked the door down a couple of times. Went, aha, eat a dick, I'm Tyler Hero. And everyone's like, this fucking guy. Anyway, Niang had a shocker. 22 minutes, 0 of 7 from downtown. Corkmas had 9 points in 10 minutes, but uh, some junk ones for him late. Aussie Matty T was 0 of 2 from downtown. Broke my fucking heart. Shake couldn't get anything going. And you're like, oh, yeah, without Embiid, the Sixers were already, like, fucking shorthanded and pretty like shallow, and without Joel Embiid, yeah, they're cooked. So anyway, the Heat, look, they didn't shoot the lights out, but they had 15 offensive boards, and they scored a shit ton of second-chance points, it felt like. Bam dominated, yeah, 24-12-4 with two couple of steals. There goes my Tyler Hero, 25-7. and seven. He went four of six from deep. He just looked so easy. Like, he ma- he felt this uh, matchup way nicer than he felt the Atlanta matchup, didn't he? Tyler Hero's like, look at me, cook, motherfuckers. Jimmy Butler, 15, 9, and 3, shot 5 of 16. Just doing a bit of a, uh, you know, James Harden homage, but 
still, uh, he was wildly effective, I felt. Uh, Vincent and Struis, Gabe Vincent, Maxi Struis, one of seven each from downtown, 15 total points, but I don't know, they just, they're always such a threat. PJ Tucker, 10 and 7, hit two very handy threes, and Wola Depot had five points, 0 of 5 from downtown. I feel like it didn't matter. He was doing some good stuff. So either way, Miami, without the threat of Joel Embiid, went, all right, cool. Well, we've got a dominant big man, and bam, we'll throw it into him. We'll get every rebound. We'll out-hustle you, outwork you, play better defense, and uh, you guys have got James Harden. <laughs> Best of luck. And this is it. Everybody's like, oh, man, James Harden. We'll just turn back the clock to when he was in Houston, bros, and he would be able to just do that. Nah. There were flashes of it when they were playing super small and, like, Tobias Harris basically at the five. And you're like, yeah, this is not a bad idea, Doc. But then, even with basketball, Paul out there sometimes, but the foul trouble was really limiting in that aspect. But Harden, 16 points, 13 shots. You just need more from him, don't you? Five assists, five turnovers. Yeah, rough. Either way, Miami, up one zip. And uh, if you're not going to get Embiid for... uh, at least to a game three, the Sixers are going to be pretty fucking disheartened by that showing, I'm just saying, because that was uh, not great. Same kind of goes for game two today. Suns maps. Suns win it 121-114. You might go, geez, Jimmy, that's actually pretty close. A seven-point game. And yeah, look, Spencer Dinwiddie missed a three right at the end that uh, saved me some money. Uh, but also, it would have made it only a four-point game, but that was as the buzzer going. Uh it did feel like the Suns kind of just went into uh, Netflix and chill mode in the last four minutes, but because they dominated this game from the start, it was twenty-two to seven. Booker smacked the shit out of Bronson and got a tech foul, which was awesome. Too small for that shit. Too small for this shit. Uh, but it was great because we got an awesome showing. We had Luca versus Booker, and how much fun is that? The answer is lots of fucking fun. Uh, the Mavs, though, as a team. They started off the game shooting. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, they shot 311 from the floor. That's not an ideal, Mavs. What are you doing? And it was very clear that the Suns and their size, the Mavs are like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> this is not Utah. And, uh... It really sort of screwed him up. But even like Max clear, but hello, he was like 3-3 three three early on. He did another three. They were back into it. Uh, you had Luca and Booker going at it. It was like 35-25 after the first quarter. So Dallas sort of clawed their way back into it. The problem was no one else could hit a shot. And in the first half, that's just how it kind of went for the second quarter as well. Like Kleber and Luca were the source of essentially all their fucking offense. Like no one else hit more than one shot for the Mavericks in the first half. Like, Brunson was just really well held. This is a uh, not a great matchup for Jalen Brunson, you feel like, right? It's one of those where you go, look, they're about to back up the Brinks truck <laughs> after the first series, after the first round against Utah, when he's going up against the likes of Jordan Jeremy Clarkson and uh, Donnie Mitchell and a cooked Mike Conley. Brunson looks like a fucking world beater. Suddenly, he's playing against Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Michael Bridges. And it's like, oh, wait, fuck, hang on a second. <laughs> How much is this contract going to be? Uh, like, Bullock was one of four. 0 of four for Spencer Dinwiddie. Meanwhile, the Suns were just, like, feasting with DeAndre Ayton. He had, like, 19 in the first half, I think. 15 for Booker as well. And then in the third quarter, Cam Johnson got cooking. Booker was cooking. Uh, campaign hit a three as well. And, like, the Suns were basically like, all right, fuck it. He turned around and they were up 17, 19. Mavs just couldn't hit anything. Maxi Kleber nearly snapped himself at, in half. We are like, what is happening? He kind of got fouled, came down hard, slipped off the ring, nearly snapped himself in half. But anyway, look, I think for a big chunk of this game, the Suns were like shooting 60% from the floor and 50% from three. And the biggest difference for me in my brain was that for most of the game, the Mavs, they made Utah play at their pace. Uh, The Mavs dictated the pace of the games. Uh, The Suns are like, man, I mean, you can try, but we don't care. And the way that they just went, all right, fuck it. We'll just like 
push the pace up a little bit. And the Mavs like, no, 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 we don't want to do that. And the Suns like, we don't care. We're going to make it quicker. Fucked. Like, sucked in, dickheads. And that's where you sort of need to rely on, like, Bronson and Bullock to sort of get a couple of cheap, cheap buckets here and there. And in the fourth quarter, look, they finally got some offense going. They finished on like a 22-7 to run to get it back to six before it sort of uh, got into free-throw territory down the stretch. But it wasn't quite enough because they just left the run too late, right? Like, that's how it was. So the Mavs, the size of the Mavs versus the size of the Suns, you look across the board, you're like, yeah, look, the Mavs have got Dorian Finney-Smith, we've got Reggie Bullock, you've got Spencer Dinwiddie's pretty big point guard, you've obviously got Luca. And you got your uh, small ball fives in Max Shikliba and uh, Dwight Powell. Aiton just went, looked at that and went, mm, barbecue chicken. Like a lot of the time, it's just like, I don't care. And the perimeter stuff, I mean, if the opposition team has also got a bit of sizing on the outside, makes it harder to get off all those threes that you uh, kind of expect when you're in the Mavs. Like they still went 16 or 39 from downtown, but they got out-rebounded by 15, which tells a bit of a story. Uh, Luca ends up with 45-12-8 in this game. Which is weird because he didn't feel like he dominated. And if you have 45 points, I'm like, yeah, you dominated the game. But he really felt like their only option for the huge swathes of this game. And I'm going to talk about this in a little bit when we get to Yanaz, but reminds me of a uh, series. I'll tell you that much. 4 of 11 on triples for Luca. 13 for Brunson, though. 6 of 16 shooting. 0 of 1 from downtown. He just... Didn't look quite up for this one. Finney Smith, 15 and 6. Reggie Bullock, 2 of 7, all the way, all from downtown. Ends up with 7 and 6. Max Shaklieba, 5 of 8 from downtown. But also, they put Max in a lot of uh, sort of weird coverages, I think, the Suns, and really sort of dismantled him on defense because he had 19 points. 5 of 8 from 3, but it was a minus 16 as well. Speak about telling a story. Spencer Dinwiddie, 8 points on 8 shots. Uh, even that was probably a bit, I don't know, Talks up his actual role in this one. Two or four from three because he hit one right at the end and then missed another one right at the end. Uh, so essentially, it would have been, what, one of two for the vast majority of this game. Ah, tough scenes, but yeah, the Mavs got nothing else either. Like, Josh Green played 10 minutes, didn't really do much. Batans was cooked for eight minutes. And yeah, the Mavs, look, I think I'm going to talk about this again in Yenaz, but yeah, a bit of a rough one. Booker had 23, 9, and 8. He played his ass off. What a game from him. Especially early when they needed someone to go to toe to toe with Luca, Booker's like, "Yeah, I've got this. Let's go." Uh, Nineteen five and three for Chris Paul. Aiton was really good. Twenty five and eight for him. Bridges very handy. His defense is just fucking next level, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Jay Crowder. He went three or five from three, and kicked Luca in the dick. <laughs> Eleven and eight. And three for him. Seventeen and five for Cam Johnson. Three six from downtown. He. So when we talk about the size and length of the Suns, it's one of those things where you've got Bridges, you've got Aiton, you've got Booker, and then they bring Cam Johnson. You're like, how do they have another one of these dudes? Jesus, campaign was pretty good. 19 minutes for his 4 of 8 shooting, 9 points, 5 assists. Either way, their sixth straight Game 1 series win for Phoenix. They go up one zip, obviously. Good stuff. Fun game. Just because it felt like a bit of a chess match. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Let's do our NBA Australia Pro Performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Ah, Luka Doncic. 45-12-8. Pretty bloody good game. 4 of 11 on triples. Uh, 5 turnovers. Shot 15 of 30. If that sounds like a lot, it's because it is. Uh, it's a lot of, lot of shots. He did hit a lot of them, though. It's one of those things where you look at it and go, I think there might be a uh, case for a bit of Mavs optimism because Luka might just be that good that the Suns can't shut him down and they might have to revert to the old, uh, what are we going to do? The, what, how do we shut down the Nuggets, bro? Well, we shut down everybody else that isn't Joker. There you go. Uh, but I want to give the approved performance of the Knights of DeAndre Ayton and Bam Adebayo, the two big men. Just going, right, let's feast. Because Bam was really, really good that heat game. 24-12-4, a couple of steals. Shot the shit out of it. Was very, very, very handy. And then DeAndre Ayton shot 12-20. 25 points and 8 rebounds. Just being the linchpin of offense and the linchpin of their defense was huge for both the big fellas. And they both played really, really good games. So, enjoyed that. There you go. A couple of big fellas winning the NBA Australia Pro Performance of the night. You love to see it. Who was spud of the night, though? 
Spud, 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 all from downtown. A brutal game for George Niang. I think the worst part for me was uh, the one that I mentioned, the play where Struis had it on the perimeter and literally just sort of got Niang off balance like even a tiny little bit and drove straight past him and around him. And this was bracketed by Niang taking two different threes that he clanked horribly. So definitely not Joe Ingles' best mate's uh, night. So tough one. And uh, Reggie Miller, always a spot of the night. Uh, Kev... Oh man, if you for, everybody forgets how gifted a scorer Devin Booker is. Do they, Reggie? Do they? Has anyone ever forgotten that Devin Booker is a gifted scorer? In fact, I would argue, Reggie Miller, that everybody, actually the only thing that they get completely right and remember all the time about Devin Booker is that he's a fucking talented scorer, you idiot! Reggie, fuck! Spot of the night. Who's old mate, no mates? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Well, it's actually probably Doc Rivers for his insistence for playing DeAndre Jordan uh, and actually having too many mates and thinking that DeAndre Jordan is one of your mates. Uh, He did say after the game, we like DJ. We're going to keep starting him whether you like it or not. Well, I mean, if you like winning, cool. If you don't like winning, we're going to keep starting DJ. <laughs> like, seriously, the stats are fucking crazy. The Heat, like, in the 17 minutes that DeAndre Jordan played, the Heat scored 50 points. They scored 56 points in the remaining 31 minutes. <laughs> that is chaos. 50 points in 17 minutes when DJ played. 56 points in the 31 minutes he did it. Yeesh. That is definitely fucking cooked. Doc Rivers just go, ah, whether you like winning or not, I'm going to stick to what I reckon. Uh, and old mate, no mates, it's got to be Dwayne Deadman because I don't know, like, if... Dwayne, dead man, had managed to sleep with, like, Sean Wright, Mark Lindsay, or Mark Davis's wives, sisters, mums, uh, because that dude had three fouls in 47 seconds and ended up with five fouls in less than four minutes. It's like, I don't know what he did to them personally, but I'm pretty sure it's a wife, sister, mum, former girlfriend, I don't know. But Dwayne Deadman, it was definitely old mate, no mates with that referring crew today. Pantsing of the night. Pantsing of the night. Dorian Finney-Smith got a three blocked by Michael Bridges just completely out of nowhere. And there's like nothing that looks kind of worse than when you have zero clue that your three-point shot's about to get blocked. Like, Dorian Finney-Smith is like, what the fuck just happened? I was, like, wide open, like, a split second ago, and this motherfucker comes flying in and knocks that shit out. Of- oh, I look like an idiot. Uh, but the pants of the night's very clearly got to go to Luka Doncic. Not only did he get kicked in the dick by Jay Crowder, which would have gotten Draymond Green thrown out of a game, uh, but he got pickpocketed by JaVale McGee, who then took it coast to coast for basically the fuck you ceiling this game is over dunk. <laughs> Ah, uh, this is the bloke from Shacked in a Fool, Luca. What are you doing? I can't believe you got pickpotted by JaVale McGee on the perimeter as well. The fast hands of JaVale McGee, they said, for the first time ever. And finally, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Tyler, there goes my hero. Tyler Hero. His second career playoff game, scoring 25-plus points off the bench. That ties in for D-Wade for the most games in franchise history. But I loved his game. He played so fucking well. He shot 9 of 17, goes 4 of 6 from downtown, 3 of 3 at the line. He had 25 points. He also had 7 assists. And uh, so in his 29 minutes, he's a plus 4. 
absolutely kicked some ass, took some names. Loved his game. And I'll tell you what, today, pretty easily better than Lonzo Ball. Right, let's do some year nars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You listen to NBA Australia. And you're listening 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 to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Yanaz. Brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Listen to the man. Uh, get your NBA Australia hoodie or a T-shirt, whatever you need. Go check it out. NBAAustralia.com slash shop or just click it through on the socials. Lots of pretty pictures there of all the photos. Uh, rose gold t-shirts or the nickname tees get right around them right let's do some yenars number one Jez Oz today hey Jimmy how's the spicy flu treating you oh yeah not bad not bad you know <laughs> she'll be right I've got a yenar for you if the show goes ahead today PJ Tucker could be the piece that completes the puzzle for the heat yenar he brings hustle can play a variety of roles and doesn't mind getting his hands dirty yenar sure yeah fuck yeah Especially, though, I think in this series against his old mucker, James Harden. <laughs> so when Jez sent this through, I'm like, yeah, PJ Tucker does, like, he is, like, the personification of heat culture and, uh, like, fits in that team so easy, so quickly and just, like, so completely that it's hilarious. Like, he hit a couple of threes early on today and you're like, yeah, this game's over. PJ Tucker's got 10 and 7. He's crushing it. You're Dunskies. But in this series where it's got James Harden on the sixes... Like, James Harden basically completely abandoned P.J. Tucker. Like, convinces P.J. Tucker to come to him with Houston and then just goes, oh, actually, fuck you, Peach. I'm out of here. Hey, thanks for playing center for ages and <laughs> getting all fucked up for me. But i got to go hang out in Brooklyn. So P.J. Tucker goes, right, fuck it. Going to Milwaukee. Wins the title. And it's all right, fuck it. Hate culture. Let's go. And then he gets matched up against James Harden. It would not surprise me if PJ's like, Batman man walking every time James Harden walks past or just goes, fat man who feel the clan every time. But PJ Tucker just ruining James Harden's time in Miami. Here for it. Here for it. Also, one thing, uh, should we be surprised that James Harden is struggling while the Sixers are playing in Miami? Yeah, nah. No. Every bet you should be placing on James Harden should be for the unders, apart from, like, I don't know, rebounds, because Embiid's not out there. Uh, yeah. James Harden in probably, what, between Miami and Vegas. <laughs> like, you're not going to find more of a party city in the US. Like, James Harden, what does he like doing? Is it partying, Jimmy? Yes. Yes, it is. <sighs> Cooked. Cooked. Uh, Matt Lanyon set through a quick one yesterday. Hey, Jimmy, can the Celtics bounce back in this series? Yeah, nah. Look, yeah, I think they can. So I'm going to talk about this in the preview. I feel like on moral reflection yesterday on that Celtics-Bucks game, like the Bucks played it to perfection. The Celtics just shot like absolute dog shit. And this is what we sort of talked about in the year nars yesterday. But further to that, it really did feel like literally Everything that could go wrong for the Celtics in game one did go wrong. Like, Smart gets banged up. He's not that effective. Tatum and Brown just could not hit a shot that entire first half. And then, of course, like, just the size of it, the Bucks completely threw the Celtics, right? The Celtics, they've gone from the Nets with their fucking warm butter defense to a to a team that has, like, fucking size coming out the wazoo. It's like, good luck driving on this compared to driving on a team that basically has Blake Griffin as a center. You know? Nick Claxton. Yeah. But the Celtics, look, all they literally need to do is probably get back to playing their normal-ish kind of games on offense, trying to figure out a little bit of that uh, Milwaukee D. And, yeah, they've still, they can easily bounce back in that series, I think. Yeah. Speaking of which, what about the Mavs? Can they do that after losing game one? Yeah, nah, yeah. 
touched on this a little bit more, right? It felt like the uh, Nuggets Lakers series of like Joker goes nuts, but we can cover everybody else. Whereas like the Mavs, other dudes like Brunson and Dinwiddie, they had a bad game today. But I think, as I said, like Brunson's not going as Donnie Mitchell, Cooked Mike Conley, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson. But I think they're good enough, he and Dinwiddie, and that Mavs coaching staff is probably good enough to get them in better spots. And you saw it the back half of the fourth quarter, right? Suddenly, they're just figuring a little bit of shit out. The Suns took the foot off the gas. They got the, you know, a couple of buckets to go, and off they go. But I thought this would be much more like, all right, we're going to shut down Luka, and we're going to kill the Mavs. Instead, nobody could actually shut down Luka, and they shut down everybody else instead, and that's how they won. So I think the Mavs, do they have a chance in this series? After that game, you could have gone, oh, nah, no way. I'm probably a little bit more heartened after that. So I'm going to say, yeah, they've still got a bit of a chance. Because, like, it felt like Phoenix hit every big shot they needed to hit, you know? So, And uh, also, the Mavs, none of their shots went. <laughs> like Reggie Bullock, Spencer Dinwiddie, Brunson. If those three have a bad game, like, you're going to be cooked anyway, right? Unpopular opinion of the day. Oh, actually, I guess, how about the Sixers? Yeah, nah... Yeah, once they get Embiid back, if they win their two at home, they should be right. But, ugh, who knows? I'm Bob the Opinion of the Day. Now look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. All right. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed Draymond basically running back to his hotel yesterday to record a uh, podcast after getting booted out of that game against the Grizzlies. Uh, he was like, God, oh, it's a reputation thing rather than more a hard foul. Now, I'm not until I convinced Draymond saw a fucking actual like replay of that foul because every time they showed it, you go, oh yeah, he hit him across the face. And yeah, then he got like caught in his jersey and dragged him down to the fucking ground. It's like two fouls in one, Draymond. It's not so much a reputation thing. as like that's not a basketball play on either count. And it's kind of reckless and uh, yeah, flagrant too. It doesn't help that you're Draymond Green, but if you're Draymond Green, you should know that being Draymond Green doesn't help. You know? So play your way. Just don't do dirty shit and you won't get called for it, basically. All right, quick Outback Takehouse. It's Tuesday at Outback, and that's right, we're shut down for this entire week because I've got the cocoa. Which is great for my staff because none of them are getting chased around a kitchen by the world's deadliest bird. The cassowary. So, hopefully you froze some of your cassowary casserole, you've got it at home in the freezer, you can heat it up in the microwave, put it in there for six minutes, and super high, whatever the fuck you have on your microwave, and off you go. Only at our back. And today's flame grill take is... LeBron James very fucking clearly floated Mark Jackson's name out there for the Lakers gig as a potential candidate in order to, A, boost Mark Jackson's value in the coaching ranks because he's represented by LeBron James's agency, Clutch, and B, for LeBron to get Mark Jackson a gig with the Kings. So LeBron gets four easy wins each year by kicking the fuck out of Mark Jackson's horribly coached teams. Only at our back. Uh, spot the lie? <laughs> like, seriously. Isn't that just what happened? I don't know if that's an outback take ass at all. LeBron's like, oh, no, that'd be... Oh, I'd really like Mark Jackson to coach us. That'd be awesome. Are you listening, Vivek? Vivek, no, I think Mark Jackson's real good. Fucking hell. All right, Australian Player Watch right after this one. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Oh, tough one for King Daly last night, I'll tell you that much. Anyway, Australian Player Watch today, Aussie Matty T and that loss versus the Heat. Not great when your coach always has to come out and say, nah, nah, I'm really confident in Matisse. It's like, all right, cool. It'd be nice if he could hit a shot. He goes 15 minutes today, one of three from the floor, 0 of two from downtown. And it's interesting because Josh Green, who I'm about to talk about again against the Suns, it's like the same thing. Every time they launch a three, Josh Green's uh, form looks a lot nicer than Matty T. Matty T's a little bit taller, so uh, it's always going to look a little bit more ungainly. But 
One of three from the floor, oh of two from downtown. Two points, two rebounds. He did help Alistair Ware, though. One assist, one steal, one block. But if that's all you're going to do on offense, like you just need a little bit more from Matty. You can't get two points in a uh, playoff game. Not as a stopper against the Heat. I mean, you've got to outplay like the likes of Struess and Vincent. And at least PJ Tucker, right? Which is like the Heat's defensive heavy hitter on the other side. If you can't match like his threes output... With Matty T or at least George Niang, like you're a bit fucked. But Matty T, like his defense is always handy, but jeez, just a little bit more would have been really handy. Same thing goes for Josh Green in the uh, loss to the Sun. So both the Aussies lose today, which sucks. But he got 10 minutes today, Josh Green. And I tweeted out at one point, Josh Green breaking my fucking hat. Because he looked off a corner three that Lucas slung to him perfectly. It was open for just enough time to shoot it. Instead... With the shot clock winding down, Greeny drives into traffic under the basket, has to kick it out. Boom, it's a shot clock violation. Greeny, just shoot the fucking three. What are we doing here, man? And, like, that's a confidence thing, right? That's always going to be a confidence thing. And it's a big moment. Greeny needs to understand, shit, yeah, I'm a good basketball player. Let's fucking go. I'm going to hit this three. Skadoosh. Just look at Reggie Bullock, you know? I mean... That dude wrote fucking sniper alert on his shoes and then proceeded to shoot like six of 50 (laughs) at the start of this year. Anyway, Greeny also had two rebounds and two fouls and just another case of anti-Australian bias. So either way, the two remaining Aussies, uh, it'd be nice if they could hit some shots. All right, let's do an Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba Award, a really quick one. Oh, yes. It's the first Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba Love this one. Um, a bit of Andrew Gay's great mum reward for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. It took Luca 16 playoff games to score 500 points. It's the fewest since, uh-oh, Michael Jordan did it in 14 games. <laughs> that is fucking crazy, isn't it? Uh, but the stat was like most points through first 16 play- career playoff games. It's MJ, Rick Barry, Bob McAdoo, Wilt, Kareem, and Luca, That is amazing. So MJ did it in 610 games. Rick Barry, 543, same as McAdoo. 539 for Wilt. 523 for Kareem and Luca. That is insane. Seriously, what are we doing? MJ, Rick Barry, McAdoo, Wilton, Kareem, and Luca. He has 45, 12, and 8 today. So if you add up the uh, 45 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists, that's 60. There's another great stat. So far in his career playoff games, he's averaging, if you combine the rebounds, points, and assists, 51.4. That's actually the most in NBA history, <laughs> which is past Wilt. Oh, God. Anytime you get brought up like Wilt, that's a, uh, you better believe that's an Andrew Gray's Grand Mamba Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. All right, Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check in. Uh, a bit of Josh Giddy, just enjoying uh, his IG post because he's just like, right, no, nah, I'm courtside watching uh, Melbourne United and the Jack Jumpers right there in midcourt as well. And then uh, at home watching the Suns and Mavs, and then he's just burning off down the freeway uh, to Geelong, or back from Geelong at least, something like that, hanging out. But I love it. It's just good to see Gids on the uh, NBL broadcast as well because every time they go, oh, isn't it just great to see the uh, people who were playing the NBL come back? It's like, yeah, yeah, it is. Hey, also, uh, I've never really brought this up on the show, but Homicide, as a commentator, he is not good. What are we doing? Jesus. Whew. Anyway. Entertaining, yes. Good, eh, up in the air. Right, let's do some previews and picks. Game previews, game previews. Thanks, Inverton Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Ah, uh, surviving. Ah, <laughs> uh, so today I actually went two or two on the picks, but then I look back, and I must have changed my. Uh, I think I must have uh, said Philly on the show yesterday, thinking that Harden would uh, go off. And then when I was uh, throwing some quick moolahs down this morning, half paying attention because I was keeping an eye on the squid, I put it on Miami. So I actually won, but 
Turns out went one of two in today's picks, <laughs> which sort of stuck, sucks. Uh, so that leaves us at 25 of 49 for the playoffs so far, which I'll take, right? And uh, as mentioned, so we're probably not going to do a show tomorrow. So let's do uh, the next two lots of game twos. So we've got Millie Walker at Boston tomorrow and Golden State at Memphis. And then Thursday we'll have Miami obviously hosting Philly again and... Uh, Dallas obviously being in Phoenix again. So I think it's a nice little bracket where we get two days worth of uh, game twos and uh, we'll just talk about each of them right now. So Milwaukee or Boston? Kind of hit on this already. I think this is the Boston bounce back game. I think Milwaukee will still play them really, really tough. And I sort of almost landed on going with Milwaukee plus four and a half but losing to Boston and Boston eking one out at home, game two, splitting the series. Because you know that Milwaukee's going to be going out there going, we're in this one for the kill. Like, here we go. Let's go. Let's fuck them up. We'll take the two two games in Boston. We'll fuck them up. Let's go. But I think Boston will get a bit sort of, I don't know, back to what they were doing. They've almost got to. Like, I think my biggest problem with yesterday's game was their defense just looked that little bit discombobulated. Like, the sheer length of Giannis was screwing them over. Giroux was hitting threes. I think the Bucks back-to-back games on the road, I just can't see the offensive output from their other dudes combining again with a bad game from Boston. So, I think Tatum and Brown kick it back up into a, you know, a higher gear. You get more out of average Al Horford. And I think, like, some of those missed shots that Al threw up yesterday, you're like, God damn, he hit every single one of those against the Nets. Uh, so I'm going to say Boston minus four and a half. I think that's a big bounce back spot for them. Smart. The, the one big question mark for me, though, is Smart and how good he's, you know, going to be. If he is still, if he's actually ruled out before this game, I'd probably be more tempted to go with uh, whatever Milwaukee has as a plus, but... At the moment, as it stands, Boston with the caveat of Marcus Smart. So I'm leaving it well within my purview to change that pick tomorrow morning. <laughs> Smart question mark. Uh, but I think Boston bounce back and get a big win at home. So they win probably by about eight. Uh, and then second game tomorrow, Golden State at Memphis. I'm going to take the home team again. I think Memphis, they played their asses off. Oh, well, so on further on the Boston thing, right? I think it wasn't the same as the Nets-Boston game one, right? When the Nets played out their ass and still lost because Boston pulled it out with the Tatum uh, game-winning layup, right? Milwaukee played really well. Boston played like absolute dog shit. So I think as long as they don't play like dog shit again, basically, I think they can win. So give me Boston minus four and a half. Memphis, Golden State. This is the trickier one because... For Memphis, it did feel like they basically half won that game. They were leading for large chunks of it. Triple J played amazingly. Draymond got kicked out. It never really, like Steph, despite hitting, what, five threes? The reason why Golden State were in big chunks of that game was because Poole was playing his ass off. I want to go with Memphis plus two and a half, but I think, I think it might be Golden State. I think there might be a big bounce-back clay game. And I don't know if I can trust Triple J to go off again. So I'm going to have to go with Golden State minus two and a half. I think they can get more out of Steph Curry. I think they really hit on something by starting Gary Payton the second. Draymond, if he doesn't get kicked out again, probably gives them even a steadier hand down the stretch on defense and on offense. Oh, but then you flip it on to Memphis. Can Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain have a better shooting game? Oh, I'm flip-flopping. Oh, what am I going to do? Jar played his ass off yesterday. Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks couldn't hit anything. They lose by one. They still could have won it. Ah, give me Memphis. Fuck it. Yeah, I'd rather root for Memphis. Plus two and a half. Give me Memphis. Happy days. I think Desmond Bain, if he doesn't, you know, miss all of his threes, and Dylan Brooks doesn't shoot like absolute shit, Memphis can win. So that's what I said yesterday as well. I think they can try to back it up. Two games at home. It's hype as shit there in Memphis. Give me the Grizz. Thursday, we've got Philly at Miami, game number two. This is just hilarious for me. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm just going to go straight back to the well. The Heat are nine and a half point favorites after today's showing. And this is two days. Two days of Fat Man Hoop Philly Clan being in Miami. So what do you reckon? Miami, nine and a half point favorites. I might go Philly plus nine and a half. I think they might cover. I think they still lose. Miami, I think they just get a really, really good Tyrese Maxi game. And uh, Miami maybe don't get quite enough out of Bam. Give me the plus nine and a half for Philly. And then Dallas at the Suns. Dallas is six and a half point underdogs here. I'm going to take Dallas. Six and a half seems pretty good for me because I could see Dallas coming out and winning game two. Luke has another game like that. As long as uh, Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie actually hit some shots, Dallas can easily cover the six and a half if not win outright. So there you go. Two favorites, three under... Well, one one favorite, three underdogs. That can't be right. Miami's going to have to kick the shit out of Philly again, aren't they? Yeah, maybe I should change that. <laughs> I feel much more confident in Miami killing Philly without Joel Embiid than I do Philly covering nine and a half points against Miami. What do you think? All right, let's go Miami minus half, minus nine and a half, and Dallas plus six and a half. Cool. So Boston minus four and a half, Memphis plus two and a half with Desmond Bain bouncing back, and Golden State feeling pretty good about walking out of there with a 1-1 split. Philly getting killed by Miami on uh, Thursday morning, and then Dallas maybe even winning against Phoenix, but definitely covering the plus six and a half. Sound good? Good. All right, sweet. We have a lay down. <laughs> That's it. All right. So as mentioned, we'll probably not have a show tomorrow. Uh, let old mate have a bit of a uh, super chill day of not doing sweet fucking anything. So uh, yeah, and then I'll wrap up all the game twos on Thursday. Sound good? Good. That's a deal. All right. So make sure you're following me Australia on Twitter, Face IG. Not all over the socials at the moment, just because it's a bit of a uh, fucking energy drain. But anyway. Uh, NFL Australia will be back with myself and Gaz probably next week talking about draft and free agency sort of wrapping up all the offseason as the NFL sort of goes into hibernation now uh, Adam with World Wrestling Australia go check that out on YouTube FWCIE on Twitter NBAstraya.com slash shop and get your merch get your merch uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app Jimmy even powers through COVID for his beloved listeners <laughs> Five stars. Knowable. Download that. Bang in the code Strayer. Get 20% off in your app store. And big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. But also thanks always go to Joshua Delorandis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green, 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 Dozers, all the tunes you hear throughout the show, that's them. Give them all a smash on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And that's it. No skit again today because I am cooked. And uh, we'll catch it, not tomorrow, we'll catch it on Thursday, I reckon. Yeah. Speak to you Thursdays, you dickheads. Look after yourselves. I'll try my hardest to uh, chill out and uh, go have a lay down again. All right. Later, hosen. Stay off the weed.